Hi. Hello. Hello. Look at us with our new gear. Yes. The new microphones. Our microphones. So ah. excited. <laughs> this is cool. so cool. Teams is like superior to Skype. It is, dude. Oh my god, the quality is fantastic. It is. It's so good. It is. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to read the intro? Uh, okay. I have it open right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. I've got oh. multiple devices up and none of them have <laughs> That's tech for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Starting in... The setup... Oh. oh, no. Or go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Okay, my bad. Um... Starting in quarantine without an end in sight, we're bringing to you advice and good conversation from one teenager to another. This is Sonica and Chelsea with Armbridge, a podcast we hope to be informative and reflective of the everyday world around us. Thank you for joining us today. It is June 18th. Time isn't real. <laughs> Time is not real at all. <laughs> um, last week, I caught up with some of my friends from middle school to talk about how we're doing in quarantine, our dreams for the future, and uh, whether or not time is real, so go check that out. This week, um, we have a very chaotic, but very current topic <laughs> fueled by what we can only describe as the worst song in the entire world. So, <laughs> do we want to throw shade? Do we want to just leave it at that? <laughs> you know what? This is a song review episode, so I feel like I feel like we're kind of obliged to give our slight. Slight opinion, just a little bit. Opinions. Just a little bit. Yeah. So it, it kind of started when uh, I don't even know what time it was, yeah. but <laughs> I was like, you know what? I've never done before in this quarantine. Listen to six nine, and um, I got my butt onto YouTube. I looked up Gooba, and I wondered who waited for him to get out of jail to release such <laughs> such a such a chef's kiss, such a masterpiece, such a masterpiece. So you know what were what, yeah. what were your thoughts on that though? <laughs> Not gonna lie. I I listened to the first four seconds of it because I was listening to nature sounds on Spotify and my playlist ended and because <laughs> I was at the top of the, or on Spotify sorry SoundCloud and because I was at the top of the SoundCloud charts it just started and it was the four most chaotic seconds of my life so I just stopped it because it was very it, it contrasted the nature sounds a lot. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't the vibe I was going for at the moment. Oh my! But yeah, but, you know, um, we sort of started. Outside of the music, he's just a morally questionable person. So you know, that's our opinion on our music review episode. Sorry, sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that prompted us to want to do an episode on our podcast of our favorite songs, where we dissect the meaning of it and um, just share stuff we love. You know? Yes, and um, yeah. since we're both budding philosophy interest nerds, guess what? On that topic, <laughs> I signed up for my classes for university, oh. and I'm taking an intro to philosophy Ooh, class. Oh, girl! Virtual high five. I did it. Virtual Yay, high five. We did. You did that, sis. You did that. I did that. Yes. Yeah, boy. Those AP credits paid <laughs> off. <laughs> Give me enough room <laughs> to take philosophy 101. Philosophy. <laughs> Yeah. But on that note, we sort of started thinking, well, we love philosophy, and we love music. What if... Let's... What if there were songs that had philosophy in them? So, Amazing. got kind of crazy. And we compiled a list, <laughs> as Sonica said, of our favorite songs. So we're going to get to that today with you guys. 
Oh, I also have my Dalgona coffee. Oh. <laughs> yeah, boy. I had some this morning. Caffeinated and stylish. Trendy. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Alrighty. Okay, let's begin. <laughs> so getting into it, we each picked three songs of our own, and we picked two songs mm -hmm. that we have in common or that we both listen to and enjoy, since we both have two um, very different music tastes, but some of, some of, it, some of it intersects. And um, to start off with today's first song, it's called Merla by Korean rapper Nafla, and this song kind of came to me uh, in the middle of quarantine, I was already sad. I saw the music video, I became really sad. <laughs> I looked up the Hangul lyrics. I was even sadder. <laughs> so, um, I kind of wrote some notes on this and- um, A one sad boy song. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I guess for my initial <clears throat> thoughts on it, like I realized that Merlot was a, was a type of wine. And throughout the song, um, there is a lot of imagery alluding to the wine through, I think, I believe there was blood and um, also the actual alcohol itself. And what I got from the lyrics was that um, it's sort of showing like the the addiction, like the after effects. Because if I, I thought about it like alcoholism in the sense that, um, you know, it's like a refusal to let go and the, the lingering effects are still there rather than like simply being intoxicated at the moment. And I sort of interpreted mm -hmm. If you look up the lyrics, um, I didn't write any specific lyrics down, but that their relationship was the the portion of, I guess, alcoholism where you're, like, drinking the wine, so you're intoxicated, you're in a state of, like, you're not really thinking straight. And um, mm -hmm. as it kept going, like, the song is about him trying to recover from this person that had, like, sort of, like, he, he was with her and didn't think much. And um, it was a relationship that was only for pleasure and not necessarily like a deep connection. So actual connection. we'll put a few seconds of the song in here for you guys to listen mm -hmm. to. But, you know, what did you sort of think about it? Because I know like it's not necessarily your kind of music, but I was just wondering right. you know, how you felt on that. Honestly, I had pretty much the same thoughts. I thought the parallel was really interesting. Um, certainly wasn't something I would have just like thought of <laughs> off the bat. Oh. <laughs> but I also like how the metaphor kind of extended itself. Like a lot of people kind of say, I wouldn't know again, as we've established in multiple episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that like when you're in love, there's like that state of like euphoria, kind of like not being like grounded, right? And so um, the comparison definitely makes sense in that sense. And I guess that was like the more straightforward part of it. But then the fact that like even after they like broke up, but he's still like feeling the after effects and whatnot. Like I, I really liked how that parallels the the what's it extended metaphor kind of carried through even to that aspect of the song. So and uh, if I might have a screenshot of the music video that I could send you to put in the video, but the yeah we can definitely um, insert it. The video was pretty interesting to me because like I, I understand like the gun control laws in uh, Korea are probably a lot stricter, but the way that like guns were interpreted in hip-hop, I think we brought this up in a prior conversation. Yeah, we did in a conversation. Um, that it was like used mainly like as a as a symbol Symbolism. of like, I guess, mm -hmm. trying to get over something quickly. Like it was just like a sudden like like that, and I thought it was a really interesting way that they inter interpreted uh, the, the concept of, of ending it quickly, because I guess in other hip-hop music videos you know sometimes there are gunshot noises it's just very normalized yeah. it's like yeah in the u.s it's not as 
we we wouldn't treat it as symbolically because it's such a like normal part of society unfortunately Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah I definitely as we mentioned in the conversations I definitely thought that was interesting like the contrast between how U.S. music videos portray it versus how in this one it was more um it had a deeper meaning versus just like being there for the sake of like the hip-hop culture or whatever and like quotes um so yeah and uh, I guess this sort of segues into uh our, our, our next song maybe if if i'm thinking correctly um but i feel like nowadays hip-hop is very current like it's very it's very conscious of what what it's supposed to be and the influence that it has on people Mm -hmm. like i've started to notice that a lot of rappers that i listen to um both like western and korean you know have started to think about um more introspective like reflection because yeah there's definitely that stigma that like hip-hop music is not very um beneficial for like young listeners and listeners in general so it was kind of an interesting turn that that he took that nafla took especially because he was more of like a trap boom bap sort of person but then trying to be more reflective of a relationship the whole time i was asking like who hurt you (laughs) like who is this person like who hurt you but i think it's a really nice change Mm -hmm. i guess Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um all right so shall we Yes, who is who is our next right. so- who is our next song? <laughs> the one uh we were supposed to segue into we'll we'll throw it in next week, but um <laughs> for my song, I'm doing Better Days by One Republic. Um I chose this one cuz it was also kind of relevant to current events, not really in um like a social issue sense, but in more in just like an emotional context. Better Days it was written only a couple months ago in March, if I remember oh, wow. correctly. And uh Ryan Tedder and One Republic, they actually um wrote produced like the whole deal they did all of that in the course of like two to three weeks and released the song um in response to coronavirus and like the covid pandemic going on right now um here let me put my notes out on it uh, <laughs> you got the whole journal out sis there's so much <laughs> me going too on i have like a whole thing messy <laughs> yeah Alright, so, um, yeah, basically, as I said, the whole thing was reported in the course of two to three weeks. It was um, in response to COVID. And if you read the lyrics, which I will pull up real quick, um, a lot of it kind of just focuses on, like, the emotional aspect of it, where it's like, um, we never really saw it coming. Like, if you told 2019 me, hey, guess what? There's going to be a global pandemic and millions are going to be dead. I would be like, what? What? Um, so it was kind of focusing on that feeling, but then he channeled it more from like the doom and gloom sort of situation, um, that a lot of people are focusing on to like, this will be over eventually. And it was used more as like an emotional comfort. Um, hold up, let me pull up the lyrics. So basically during March, that was like, right when we started the whole stay at home thingy and like, no school (laughs) you know all that fun stuff um and so he used to do a lot of live streams he and like one republic all of them they used to do a lot of live streams um where they just like talk and they do like little virtual concerts for their fans which it was it was very nice um but he was saying basically like this won't last forever like literally everything else in life it's not gonna be something that's going to be there like for the rest of our life and even if it is we'll learn to like adjust and adapt right the beer but, grills um, meme. 
Improvise, adapt, yeah. overcome. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, <laughs> overcome. Um, but yeah, it's just um, it was it was a nice assuring song um, that talks about like how this this isn't permanent. It's different. It's interesting. We'll have stories to tell, and it sucks right now, but eventually, eventually things yes. will get better. And yeah. uh, so what were your when I listened to it, um, sort of like how you reacted to Merla in that sense. It's not necessarily the sort of music I would listen to, but I really appreciate like the transparency that they had with it. Um, because mm-hmm. I sometimes I feel like with pop music especially, I, I just tend to lean away from it because of like the superficiality of it all. And sometimes they don't sound genuine. But yeah. I think like after hearing your testimony with, you know, their interviews and the process that they went through to make the song, it is a lot more genuine and heartfelt in my opinion now. And I see them in like a much better light. I really like them for that yeah, reason. Because, yeah. you know, like sometimes you don't have to make a song for a complicated reason. Like if you're simply just not in a good place. Yeah. Or if you're just sad or if you're just hoping for you know, in in the case of better days, like a better a better future, like it's it's fine to go that way. Mm-hmm. And I think I I don't know much, but from like knowing how they sounded before, it doesn't seem like they've changed their sound a lot. Like to appease anybody, it seems like they're just making songs to make songs. Oh yeah, they they've kind of yeah. maintained it. It changes album to album, but the general vibe. Yeah, like the is vibe still is still there. there. From from what um, I, I from what I yeah. know, <laughs> I don't know a lot, but. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I've watched a lot of their interviews. Like, the more you say, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, he mentioned something about that. <laughs> this one thing. Um, but no, actually, I-, I wanted to point out, like, I know this is kind of a small detail that I mentioned, but like, the fact that they did the whole thing in two to three weeks is crazy to me. Like, that's yeah. fast. <laughs> that's really, really fast. Um, he said that he did have the chorus for the song since like October of last year mm-hmm. or something. I don't remember the exact date, but it was the chorus was there, but he just needed a context. And then when COVID oh, came perfect. around, I was like, no, this is <laughs> yes. perfect opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, three weeks, that's impressive. Like they recorded it, they mm-hmm. composed it, the whole, like the entire process. Took that's actually, that is insane. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane, yes, yeah. Um, so. Kudos yes, to for sure. Because you know, we—I don't know—we were talking about this. This is sort of a side point, but like, the fact that is it—you know—is it just me because I'm not in school, or is it just that music releases are happening so quickly? <laughs> they are. Oh my god. Yeah. There's so much coming out right now. Just like I'm thriving, but it's—it's it's hard to gauge mm-hmm. because a lot of the notifications that we get for new songs coming out happen during school. But then, like, you know, you don't really pay attention because you just swipe it away, like, oh, yeah, I'm at school, whatever. And they all just kind of pile up. Yeah. But I'm just, like, for every creator that I follow, I'm just, like, bat, 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 bat. Like, I'm following every single thing that they're doing. You have something, you have something, yes. you have something. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I still haven't listened to Chroma- Chromatica, Lady Gaga. I, I wanted to because I, I thought, to. you know. I listened to a couple of songs. She collabed with Blackpink. Man, that's crazy. That one was good. I listened to it. I heard part it. of it, but yeah. I haven't like gotten into the full thing yet. Sour candy. <laughs> I respect Blackpink. Yeah. The Femme Fatale energy is so high. Like, it's insane. Oh God, I really real, yeah. respect that. That's super cool. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have mm-hmm. on my song. Uh, is this a- 
Wow, we're moving through this a lot quicker than uh, I expected. Because I think, like, you know, like, we're just so passionate about this that it's, it's so much easier to talk to. It's just coming um, out, yeah. Because, I don't know, music is just, it's so helpful, like, to indulge in it now because I think I didn't value how much it mattered to me until, like, until I sat at home and started listening more intently to it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad that instead of analyzing, like I don't know, English literature or something, I can I yeah. can I can just sit there and analyze <laughs> like song lyrics. No, yeah. On a similar note, actually, the reason I really like this episode is kind of a throwback to oh, fifth really? grade for me. <laughs> um, yeah, because my fifth grade teacher, she like she's one of my favorite teachers ever. Oh, like from fourth to sixth grade, I had the best writing teachers ever, and I'm so grateful for them. Um, she did this thing where with our class, every single week she'd have us listen to a song and analyze its lyrics. Um, and a lot of them were like pop songs or like, you know, stuff that we were like our, our generation would actually yeah. be into. Um, and if not, like I got into a ton of like older songs because of it. And it was just, it was such a lovely experience. Like we'd just sit in a circle and listen to the song every day. And she'd have us like as fifth graders break down <laughs> some of these lyrics and be like, hey, what do you think this means? And we just analyze songs, and honestly, that helped my literary analysis skills, and it was really fun to do. So, um, this episode idea, I was like, like, finally, yes. thank goodness. <laughs> and um, yeah, like if you showed me any of these songs in fifth grade and told me to analyze it, I would go insane. <laughs> I'd be like, "What are you? What are you telling me to do? What do you mean?" Um, I don't know. Do you remember, like, in sixth grade, we did that thing where um, we were talking about like the hero's journey. Like, um, mm-hmm. I guess for those of you who are not sure, like it's, you know, you have your beginning, your middle, your climax, and maybe your rising action, falling action, where the hero goes through stuff. They made us analyze, yeah. like, what was it? Safe and Sound by, like... Safe and Sound by... Oh, what's that group? Was it Taylor no, no, Swift? It was that... It was that... Oh, say, oh Jesus. Yeah, what's it? Oh, that song was a banger. Ah! <laughs> I don't remember. Um, it was... Wait, Safe... There were, like... The, na, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. But who, who made it? Sa- yeah. Uh, oh, shoot. Safe and sound lyrics. Capital yes, City. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, Thank God for Google. what is it? Katy Perry's Roar. Uh, yeah. There was that one by Aloe Black. Uh, hey no, uh, Hey Brother. Wake Me Up. Yes, wake me yes, up. yes. Wake me up. <laughs> that was like the most challenging thing ever. Like, our teacher would just sit <laughs> us down in the morning. We'd have like a warm-up and then be like, how does this represent okay. the hero's journey? <laughs> You're like, oh, stop! <laughs> but it was it was so yeah. fun because um, it's yeah, it sort of helps like you think of entertainment in a different way. Like even with mm-hmm. you know pop music, I used to like. I hate to say this, but I really used to like rip on it. <laughs> like, oh, it's so dumb, or the lyrics are so superficial. But for some people, you know, like there are songs that I've listened to and I was like, oh, the lyrics are kind of like okay or whatever. But sometimes I'd read comments, be like, I mean, saying like, you know, this song really helped me when I was sad. This song really helped me when I was going through a hard time. And it's really like, mm-hmm. I've gained a greater appreciation for, oh yeah, for you know, sure. different yeah. kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I find the appeal, like my main genre is pop pretty much, right? But I'm also very selective about like the pop songs I listen yeah. to. <laughs> like I as you said for me I like I prefer songs that like you can see the effort in if not in the lyrics maybe like I know for pop a lot of the appeal is like repetitive catchy right mm. same with EDM but like 
if some aspect of the song shows like a genuine effort or some kind of like artistic value um, whether it be the production um, as we're focusing on today the songwriting or like the context behind it or like the cultural influences as long as I see some sort of like thought put into it I, I, I have a respect for it because um, we were talking about artists in particular that we thought sort of we were like uh, this is hard to explain but I guess I guess I can kind of use an example but for me it's um, Jay Park and I know that Jay Park makes a lot of like throughout his lyrics like I've started to notice a lot of similar references like to older songs or to like sort of trademarks especially um, him referencing Seattle where he's from and Soju which was like his first American single with um, Jay-Z's record label as the first Asian American on Jay-Z's record label um, wow. as you can tell I'm a huge fan <laughs> um, but I kind of let that go because as you said like you can tell when artists are working really hard for you know, like their music, they're putting in beyond, like the song itself. So, mm -hmm. um, who was your? Because I know you had an example as well. Like, was that who was that again? Did I? I think I don't want to shade on anyone. No, it was. Like, it wasn't a bad example. It was just like, sort of, was it Charlie Puth or something? I think. No, I I, I like Charlie Puth. I like his production. I like that aspect of his music. Um, I, I think mine was Cardi B. It oh, was like a similar yeah. thing where it's like her songs are really catchy and she's insanely talented. But just like personally, I started, I don't know, there's like a pattern in between like with the lyrics. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know, I, I like variety. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's just a personal preference. Oh no, yeah, know. of course. It's, yeah, it's entirely subjective. <laughs> um, but yeah. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> we said that at the same time. <laughs> um, those are our transitions. The, the, the synergy, the synchronization. Yes, it's immaculate. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, I think, yeah. Let's see. Do you want to move on to your uh, yeah. second song? Um, All right, let's do Yeah, this. so for my second song, it was Afterlife by Benny. Benny? 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 I, think I have no idea. Um, but I thought it was like a really interesting song because of the fact that mm -hmm. it references the afterlife, which is something like extremely uncommon within within music, and especially since like she's a very uh, young musician, like her take on like the the metaphor that that is is very interesting. I actually had really had no idea what the song was about. I was kind of like, <laughs> what? Um, but I sort of thought about it as. Um, she she mentions zombies within the song, and I think the whole the whole message is essentially like she's speaking to another another girl, saying, um, "I'll get revenge on you when we're dead," and I, she sees the other girl as a killer, and that she would like to she wants to steal this other girl's boyfriend. So I thought it was like a really interesting way to like to convey, I guess, jealousy, and also mm -hmm. the way that like past reparations because she mentions zombies in, in one specific lyric um, can sort of like even if you're dead you know like the the cycle of like or even if you've recovered these past wounds and stuff like the cycle of jealousy and hatred can still continue um, I, I don't really know it was a very confusing song and I guess like when I thought about the afterlife, I guess she also has this willingness to like end, end whatever argument she's having like once and for all. So like a sense of closure as well. Yeah, I, I thought that was like really mm -hmm. interesting, like because there there are phrases like you know over my dead body, 
or not until right. I'm dead. Um, so I think it was like sort of an allusion to that. And the way she conveyed it mm-hmm. was very interesting to me. Yeah. You need to stop stealing my ideas. Oh, no. Songs. Every time you talk, I'm, I'm like, yeah, me too. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. That, that just means we have the same thoughts. The synergy. Um, as you said, since I do write songs as well, like in my free time, um, th- there are a lot of songs I listen to and I listen to the lyrics and I'm just like, wow, the creativity. Like, I would never think of comparing something like this to some, like, to. I never think of linking A and B together. And, like, yeah. both of the songs you've had so far kind of did that with, with me, right? Even with Afterlife, I was like, jealousies, I mean, it's a pretty common theme in a lot of songs because it's a feeling we feel, right? Mm. But um, I've never seen it, like, conveyed in terms of, like, the afterlife and, like, the dead. I thought that was really interesting. It was, it was a cool comparison. So from, like, as someone who songwrites, most of my stuff is, like, nature and, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> trees and plants and leaves and flowers i love i love nature comparisons but um yeah because of that anytime i see anything like other than that that's like well outside the bounds of what's natural (laughs) like zombies and stuff like that i'm always like wow that's creative it was also like very neat because usually like it's uh how do you say this like it's it's encouraged that you get over this jealousy but like the fact that she was still spiteful about it was really like whoa right. like okay <laughs> like, I mean, go yeah. on queen I guess <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah but as we uh, as we continue on you know we have some songs in common as, as stated mm-hmm. at the beginning there are some things that we do enjoy so which song are we going to review next we are doing pack it up by Ooh, ph1 ph1 we love to see it <laughs> we love it yes, yes we love to see it um so yes i noticed throughout listening to his whole mixtape someone angered him <laughs> like bro guys stream x the worst mixtape like literally someone um, Someone made him mad. If you guys aren't familiar with PH1, he usually makes very mellow, um, honest music. Mm-hmm. It's usually very lighthearted. I saw Pack It Up and I was like, oh my god, who hurt you, bro? <laughs> Someone made him mad. Um, no, those are good lyrics, though. Holy cow. I know. Like, straight fire. Yeah. Straight fire. You know, like, what did what did you think when you listened to it? Because I know you're not as hip-hop inclined. Like, what were your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, honestly, when it t- comes to Korean music, I do more mainstream um but there is a lot like the, these lyrics are relevant to the music industry there at least like in terms of what i know from it yes um i thought it was like man as you said ph1 does, generally does like mellow songs and when i listen to this stuff i'm just like vibing <laughs> i was listening to pack it up and i was like oh my god <laughs> Yeah. In the music video, um, he like starts smashing a car with a golf club. I know. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um. But okay, let's. Do we want to explain what the song means? I feel like let's unpack. <laughs> pack it up. Let's unpack. Oh my God, the pun <laughs> immaculate. Yes. Um, but the song was pretty interesting because uh, I don't I don't really know because I know from um. I, I made you watch this like twice. But there's a show called Show Me the Money that he was on last season, last yeah. year. And um, one of the criticisms about Korean hip-hop is that a lot of people try to... We talked about this in episode 2 as well with um, Trap House Guy. 
our beloved uh-huh. beloved trap house guy ek <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. um, we sort of talked about how a lot of korean artists try to like emulate western or um korean hip-hop artists try to emulate western hip-hop because hip-hop is most pre- prevalent in the states so like you have issues with cultural appropriation you have issues with um trying to mimic a certain style and the song pack it up was kind of talking about how artists become super kind of superficial about the way that they make albums they try to get likes they try to get features they try to get like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah and even like from what we were saying earlier about um putting like original thought and like putting a genuine effort into the music i feel like a lot of these songs not a lot of these songs i wouldn't go out and say like most people i want to generalize <laughs> yeah. but um, some of the songs we listen to especially even in bollywood like i i listen to a lot of bollywood music as well right they seem more of like caricatures of hip-hop than actual mm. hip-hop yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um i can connect more to bollywood because i listen to more hip-hop within that genre but um yeah i think the song was also criticizing that where it's like um you see some artists get big um and I, i'm going to contextualize this more in the bollywood context because that's what i know more of yeah. uh not necessarily not necessarily bollywood but just like indian hip-hop in general um you see a lot of artists get big and you look at their lyrics or like their sound and you're just like it seems like you're trying to be like hip-hop more than actually appreciating what hip-hop is like a lot of it is appropriation a lot of it is like the surface level as you said like there's not really a knowledge of the history the background the context and because of that the lyrics kind of reflect that as well where they're like superficial only glorifying like violence or glorifying riches Mm -hmm. and stuff like that when there's a lot more to hip-hop um and how it like developed as a genre and it's just it's, it's apparent that that knowledge is not there in some of these songs and so i think the song kind of in a way touches on that as well uh yeah because uh there was like and there was also a huge lack of writing from experience um as we know from <laughs> <laughs> trap house yes, guy. <laughs> we love we love trap house guy um but yeah as from from that and from like just other artists that i see like talking about um like there was there was an an article that i um looked up at one point there's a korean rapper named chang mo and at one point he was rapping about um you know growing up in a disparate neighborhood growing up on hard times which is fine which is fine you know you can Mm -hmm. talk about that but um it was interesting because the article sort of debunked his whole that whole like sentiment because he grew up in a very um you know well-to-do family he went to prep school after school yeah. classes like he was well off in in his life and um mm-hmm. you know I, I not that like i don't really respect him i understand it's just a lack of you know awareness and awareness. understanding but yeah the song kind of touched on that as well and it was like a really it was a huge call out i was like day you really yeah. you really say <laughs> it ties back to appropriation right like right. being economically disadvantaged is not trendy or like for sure yeah yeah like that shouldn't be a light subject and it shouldn't be something you just casually rap about because you want to look hip-hop like some people genuinely went through these struggles Mm -hmm. and wrote the songs as like a release as some sort of like therapy from that situation and to like make some not make i don't know maybe make something better out of the situation Mm -hmm. but just to shed light on it to like make like like you know know yes i do right (laughs) 
Yeah, the music is a release, and when you write from experience, it's different than trying to just pretend. And right. it's apparent when the pretending is there. So the song addressed that. We thought that was really cool. Um, I was doing a little bit of research on this as well, and I think in Korea it's called Sajegi, right? Oh, I, where it's like I don't know. <laughs> okay, but the song uh, it it addresses that where it's like manipulating charts and like. Oh yes, I, I remember that lyric. Yeah. There was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an artist who was doing that at one point. I remember reading about it. Oh, there's many artists. But doing there was that, like there was Lord. like one specific one I read about. It was it was like some really unknown, like guy. I forget. Mm-hmm. I forgot who it was. I think it was someone I listened to. But yeah, it's so like stupid because oh, <laughs> actually, does Justin Bieber's Yummy relate to this? Does it? I don't know. Does, does it, it though? <laughs> It's not really. I don't think it's so. It's not really manipulating the charts, but it's like. No, it was. <laughs> see, okay, there's the thing. I was reading an NPR article about this, and um, before the podcast, and it was talking about like because of streaming services. And okay, so wait, hold up, <laughs> before we get into all of this, for those of y'all who don't know what Sajigi is, basically, it's like manipulating the charts by like. It could be used in any context. Okay, so I'm just gonna like unpack the entire NPR article I read. Um, it could be used in multiple contexts. In a more general context, it's like bulk buying a lot of things, oh. so that like you you appear you're in a better place than you actually are. So they like mentioned bulk like buying in cosmetics, in, like like the artist themselves buys these. Things? Yeah. So they first kind of mentioned cosmetics mm. as like to give the example, and they were saying it's like if some like face mask company buys like. A hundred thousand some of their own face masks just to like keep that loop circulating you know like um instead of looking like it didn't sell at all at least they've got some numbers on the plate sure they bought it themselves but like you know yeah the numbers say otherwise so in music it works the same way kind of um except streaming makes it a little bit more complicated so a lot of these like streaming platforms um they'll have bots and stuff like that that just like mass stream these songs and boost the chart numbers by a lot and the thing is the reason it sucks is because it's not on a small scale like if like y'all know how crazy k-pop stands are on twitter come on now right (laughs) um so it's like this isn't a small number of streams or a small number of bots like you need millions to actually make it make a difference and so the reason it sucks is because you can't just have 10,000 some bots or 10,000 streams to actually boost yourself on the chart Mm. like this is one it's very profitable so the companies that do it um and like give these entertainment agencies or songwriters or artists access to this like backdoor sort of, mm-hmm. um, they do it on a huge scale. Like it's millions and millions of streams we're talking about. Um, so the song criticizes that. <laughs> uh, yeah, where was I going with this? My, my train of thought just like uh, ended. I think you were talking about, or I mentioned Justin Bieber's Yomi and then- Right, yeah. okay. So, the article then went into, like, what counts as chart manipulation then? Because um, another concern was, like, fans mass streaming music, right? To get their, like, idols or their favorite artists on the chart. And as we mentioned with Justin Bieber's Yummy, he had that questionable promotion on Instagram. It was like, please stream Yummy, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But um, a lot of, like, so we know that, like, music is changing a lot because of one globalization two technology and streaming services and just like 
a lot of stuff is kind of coming apart. Like charts used to be the telltale way of gauging the success of a music. But now that there's like multiple ways to stream, there's multiple places to publish. There's like tons of routes you can go off of. Um, we're starting to question the validity of charts in gauging a, music, a song or an album's success, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, they're saying could mass streaming by fans count as like chart manipulation but then someone was like no because how do you regulate that right like if the fan genuinely wants to stream their artists yeah it would be over it would be a bot again. right because that's something mandated to, by a company yeah like it would have to be a bot it can't be an actual fan because who's to say like you can only listen to the song this many times a day like if they want to play that thing on loop 24 yeah. <laughs> that's just they're just doing that yeah. like you can't really put a stop to that. So, um, I thought it was interesting because I am a BTS fan and <laughs> you know that we mass stream the heck out of everything sure. that yes, they put out yes. there, right? Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm a little biased because I do this as well. <laughs> well, not to like that extreme where it's like I stream 24-7, but, um, I knew, I, I know that like mass streaming has a big effect on how high up on the charts you are. Mm -hmm. But I also can't, like, I, I wouldn't go as far as to call that chart manipulation because that's up to the fans. They're not asking us to stream like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just the fans are doing it on their own because they want it, they want BTS to be at the top of the right. charts, right? But then um, a lot of people bring up, and I, I do agree with this, is are, are charts the more most effective way to measure the success of a song or an album anymore because um don't get me wrong i know someone's gonna like attack me <laughs> if i don't i mean it's like it's objective disclaimer. success like statistically statistically like, it yeah. is and that's the thing like is there any way you could actually gauge the success of a song like i don't think so being yeah. at the top of the charts is fantastic and i think it's an amazing accomplishment but because there's just so many ways to stream so many ways to manipulate charts so many ways to like or just there's so much new in the music industry yeah. charts are starting to become kind of an outdated way of measuring success yeah. but i also don't know that there is a way like i i don't know after reading the article i thought it was really interesting because like i i don't think fan engagement counts as chart manipulation like it can't who's to regulate yeah because that? you're who's you're doing it? that yourself and it just happens to exactly. be that like bts is very popular and has an international yeah. fan base that's just Mm -hmm. like how how it works you know and every every day like but if you listen to music you're on your like um but i mean you have like playlists with the songs and they're already exactly. in there exactly like if you, you know if you told me to, you can only listen to black swan five times a day i would like yell at you <laughs> <laughs> like who are you to tell black me that black swan is so good what the heck i might just have song. to stand you know really <laughs> oh my god y'all i, did I didn't it. dislike them before i just didn't like I, I wasn't able to get into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. You got me into PH one. It's your turn. I'm gonna make you <laughs> No problem. I will. I will accept it gladly. You know, might yes, even go rogue buy a, a Jungkook hoodie or whatever. Like. That's when you know you surpassed me in terms <laughs> might of stand be, <laughs> Might be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, but yeah. No, but yeah. It's. I, I thought the song was cool for that. Like a lot of a lot of the stuff. It, it just got me thinking. Like, I didn't really research Sajigi or like chart manipulation or anything like that until hearing PH1's song. Um, so it just it, it gets the gears turning in your brain. So there's also like that. the 
calling out of, I guess, like, flex culture, you know, like, what... Yeah, and that ties back to, yeah. like, the appropriation aspect, right? But also yeah. just, like, the, the whole idea that hip-hop... I, I did a research project on this, but, like, the, Ooh, the okay. number of times you see people talk about being rich, just drugs, stuff like that. Like, sometimes it's not necessarily affiliated with your personal experience, it's just a trend. Mm -hmm. exactly. I remember listening to a song by this Korean artist uh, called C-Jam, and from my knowledge, marijuana is criminalized in Korea, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> he had a song, he had a song about marijuana, and I was like, isn't that uh, I mean, in, in the US, it's, it's partially criminalized, so I guess maybe you'll hear about it, but like, it's not it's, as it's very stigmatized. It's very in the US uh, not allowed in there. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's like really hard to draw the line in terms of those lyrics between like an artist and like their a trend follower. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and recently it's it's become more like that, and, and the song also addresses that. So yeah, that it's it's a very it's a very deep song. It's thought provoking, as we, <laughs> as we know. Yeah, just oh my brain. So. You know, it looks like we're sort of getting, unfortunately, towards the end of yep. end of the pod. But and, we um, have time for our deep, deep questions, questions with, with friends. friends. Woo! But bef before we get into that, we'd like to tell you guys, obviously, our song of the week is Pack It Up by PH1. Yes, man, let's play it. The yeah. worst mixtape. Buy His Soap. Oh yeah, buy, buy his soap, merch. buy his perfume. <laughs> He's releasing um, X soap, so please buy the soap, everyone. Um, because I probably can't. You might be able to. <laughs> Does it sell out so, quickly? Yeah. Like, will I have to I, fight I don't for know, it? actually. Okay, I don't know. See, I'm so used to my life as a BTS stan where it's like, if I don't buy in four seconds, it's out. <laughs> I don't know, the hype might be kind of high because he released the mixtape last month, mm -hmm. so people are probably like anticipating, so maybe... All right, you know. let's fight for some soap, y'all. <laughs> you bet I'm giving away my credit card information. Yes, ma'am. For soap. <laughs> y'all know it. I have a soap okay. collection, actually, so I mean, like, oh. this isn't too far off. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked like Am a pretty big bar of soap. It was really? like, it was a big square, and I was if like... it lasts me a while, honestly, that's that's better. What if I it might not even like use manly? It. I would love to smell like cologne. It, it might... I don't. I don't know. I, I trust him. I trust him. Catch I trust me PH1. smelling like pine, oak, <laughs> musk. You know, what, I'll take it. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. That's I love. I love thing. the smell of cologne. I would gladly smell like that. <laughs> yes, sir. So stream it, guys, and we'll stream be back after this. After this short break. Within your non-chart manipulating balance. All right, break. Yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna be quiet. <laughs> okay. So deep questions with friends. Deep questions with friends. I feel like a lot of the chart manipulation stuff I said is not going to sit well with people, but... <laughs> you know what? We had to say it. We had to say we it. We had to say it. Uh, let's like, just clarify before we begin so no one attacks yes. me when I get famous. Um, I do not believe fan engagement is chart manipulation. I do believe bots are chart manipulation. Um, I also believe that charts are becoming an outdated form of success. Yes, my faves are at the top of the charts, almost all the time, but there are so many artists out there, <laughs> it is impossible to fairly gauge who truly is at the top, and I think this stuff is entirely subjective and should not be ranked because it is art, and it's unfortunate that we've turned to a business, but that is the way it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> S 
stream. That's our deep take of the day. Yeah, stream map of the Soul yes. Seven. Stream pack it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't get too caught up in charts because they are yes no longer relevant. A little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We love to see it. Uh, let's see. This website is just serving I know. every single oh time. Oh my god. It's still allocation, you guys. If you So if you guys want to check it out, if you just look up philosophical questions into Google, mm-hmm. it's like the first thing that comes up. It is fantastic. Um, it is my favorite website right now. We'll put it in our link tree because... Oh yeah, because we owe our It's the most relevant link <laughs> of, the, of the entire of the links. time. <laughs> also, follow yes. us on social media. I put this on the description, but like we never actually address it. At follow Armbridge us. Podcast. We I know our followers are dwindling a little, but please, guys. Because we meme followers. our episodes every single week. There is a new crusty meme every single week relevant <laughs> to our podcasts. And we also yes. provide episode hints. Like, oh. yeah. Via memes. Like, what, what better is... <laughs> And we might just convert y'all to certain fandoms in the process. We introduce y'all to new artists, we introduce y'all to new memes, we give y'all memes and make them with their own brains and souls. I think it's (laughs) okay. Okay, just follow us. Uh, (laughs) First question. (laughs) All right. Are you going to start? Sure, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Awesome. Uh, That was. I I love when we talk about stuff I'm like really passionate about because, like, (laughs) <laughs> I get so caught up in it. <laughs> That's uh, why we yeah. profit off of it and have a podcast. <laughs> we haven't monetized it yet. We should do that sometime soon, though. Honestly, even if I get five cents out of this, like, I heck, I'll take thrilled, it. Dude. I'll take it, dude. Yeah, we'll have to split <laughs> the five cents, 2.5 cents per person. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Ooh, okay. This one's cool. Do thoughts have a pattern? Okay. First um, we talk about chart manipulation, then we thought talk about psychology. <laughs> what a time. The duality of this podcast. <laughs> the volume on this bus is... I keep saying that, I'm sorry. You know, um, I, I have like a vocabulary of like five sayings. <laughs> good. But um, thoughts? I mean, I feel like depending on the time of day, I start to think about certain things. Like at night, that's when I guess my my thoughts are most active and I start thinking I start longing for things like (laughs) I feel like it's mostly because of what I'm what I'm viewing as well like throughout the day I'm usually like thinking about um my thoughts are very influenced on what I see like I get very sidetracked so if I see something as like on site um during the day I'm like looking at you know a lot of stuff about the current protests going on the current humanitarian crises Mm -hmm. and then at night like I just start getting sad. Like sometimes I look through photos. Yeah, no, I felt that. I remember I was looking through like these, like aesthetic video edits. Like I'm really getting into like filmography and like video editing or whatever. Okay. Um, like, and a lot of them were like from old TV shows, like about like, and all of them were like relationship based. And I was like, man, are you trying to target me? (laughs) The algorithm just hits you where it hurts the most. The algorithm hurts like so bad. Like, why are you doing this to me? Um. But I think, like, for me, my thoughts are just a, a forced pattern that, like, I have throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it definitely comes down to, like, what sphere you're in, right? Like, your little bubble. And every... I think your thoughts... Let's see. My take on it, 
Um, do thoughts have a pattern? Absolutely, because that's how like habits and opinions are formed, right? Like mm-hmm. pretty much everything you outwardly do is because your thoughts have like re- repeatedly reinforced that. Like we started this podcast because on multiple occasions we were like, you know, it would be cool to do this. You know, it would be cool to do this. You know, it would be cool to do this. And then finally we just did it, right? Um, Same with like, I don't know, bad habits. Say like biting your nails. Like whether conscious or subconscious, you look at your nails, you're like, hmm, that looks scrumptious. (laughs) Let me go for it. (laughs) Or like when you're nervous, like your mind has a repeated pattern of like, Mm -hmm. okay, what's my instinct now? It's going to bite my nails, right? I, I know because I had that habit before. Um, and then breaking that habit was also a deliberate pattern of thoughts, right? So I think our entire life, our entire experience as a person is our thought patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? This one's kind of, well, I don't know. It's not super crazy, but does God have supreme power? I mean, or I, I guess to rephrase it, like, does do we hold power ourselves or is it something higher than us because i guess like saying god is kind of like not as hmm i think i mean if we're going off of like god god he's like he she i don't know whoever it them (laughs) (laughs) like god is a is something is an idea is a concept that we constructed as humans right and maybe it is representative of something bigger that's out there like for me I personally don't believe God in like a traditional sense, like kind of like a a personified being, but I believe it more as like just something bigger than myself, like whether it's just, we had this conversation on like that, that breakfast day, it was you, me, Serena, and I was like, well, we did, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I, I see it more of just like the energy around us if not not to sound super like vibes and energy and channels you know but like no you're good i think it's just like circumstance like not not even circumstance just like what happens the way things happens i wouldn't personify it as a human being but just like the flow of things like what how do i explain it how do i put in words you know what i mean right like it's just yeah the giant system that's around us, I consider that God. Just like yeah, the whole thing that's like way bigger than me as a person. So uh, what was the question again? <laughs> um, does God have supreme power? Does God have... I you, think, you answered I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, because by definition, God is the supreme larger being, right? Or mm-hmm. form or whatever you think God is. Um, so yeah, but I also think that we kind of constructed that ourselves where we were like, okay, there is definitely something bigger than us. Let's call it God. And it's like it helps to have like faith, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not super religious. Like there's some things I disagree with, but like knowing that something has your back no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's also like, that, humbling, right? That's like, like higher than yeah. 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 Because you're a lot smaller in the world than you think mm-hmm. you are. And exactly. putting that into perspective and whatnot, like, is very interesting. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear my knuckle pop? The problem with this microphone is you can hear everything. <laughs> like, I recorded a song, and you can, like, hear me swallow. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to drown that out. Yep, it's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That just shows how superior our equipment is. Oh, by the way, we have new here. microphones. Yeah. This is Rosie. That is... This is this is Cody. Yeah. My microphone. Uh, I got... I used an Amazon gift card on it. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep, yep. Well spent. Yes. Yes, ma'am. 
Um, okay, so oh, this one's interesting. Why can't every person be a genius? Like, I don't even know the answer to this one. Like, I don't know what to say. Honestly, like, I mean, I understand, like, there are objective geniuses. Like, I remember seeing this show once about, like, child prodigies. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just born that way. Like, there's no explanation as to why. Like, obviously, maybe mm-hmm. they study a little bit more to, um, you know, to accentuate their already big brains. <laughs> um, but I think, like, also, genius is not something intentional. Like It isn't, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the best artists and, like, people that I admire, they're just, they're just themselves. They're just wired that way. Like, they just think that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, um, at least in, in high school, I always wondered, like, wow, these people are so smart. Like, I was always constantly overwhelmed by that. But obviously, mm-hmm. like, there's... There's a process behind that. Like, it's not like people were born... Good at school. Geniuses, yeah. And also, yeah. I guess you're a child prodigy, which I can't explain at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, I think... I don't think... Well, the question was, why can't... Everyone why can't be a people, genius, yeah. Why can't everyone be a genius? Also, I think it's just, like, your willingness to, to continue something. Like, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, like, these child prodigies are also children you know but like they obviously have this willpower like behind them like their childlike you know innocence and willpower that drives them forward exactly they could just sit there and do nothing with their knowledge Mm -hmm. but they wouldn't be geniuses it's because like you have the the willingness to go forward and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. you know on the topic of music like a lot of the artists that i've listened to like they just grew up writing music they just Mm -hmm. or they had another job before that like speaking of ph1 he was like a dental assistant i think amazing (laughs) like before making music and he started making music like later in life yeah so yeah it's like everyone can't be a genius because not everyone has like the willpower Mm -hmm. to act on their natural talent in this case i like the quote like uh what's it hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard because it's kind of like that like there's some people sorry i burped if the microphone heard that like yikes oh (laughs) (laughs) well we'll deal with that later (laughs) um excuse me first of all but um yeah the quote hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard um i think that kind of that's relevant to this topic right because as you said i feel like there's some people they're just wired a certain way and i feel like everyone's i feel like everyone's a genius at something like we all have that one thing where it's like when we started it we just picked it up right and it doesn't have to be academic like it could be i don't know crochet woodwork <laughs> gardening shoot like anything everyone has that one thing that like when they do it it just clicks immediately right and um i think that kind of ties into the whole like following your dreams following your passions thing right but um despite this i mean it's up to you whether you want to keep going and pursuing that and like using your natural talent and reinforcing it with hard work or if you want to just you know it's like okay I'm, I'm good at starting this but I'm not gonna like build it up yeah so why can't everyone be a genius I think it's a combination of the two right so I'm, I think everyone well here's the thing I think everyone can be a genius I think because genius isn't defined by anything it's not necessarily good at school it's not that you have to be like intellectually smart like you could be a genius that building campfires like shoot you can take like two damp pieces of wood and like bring the most killer campfire ever (laughs) right like i think everyone can be a genius but simultaneously like not everyone can in practice do it because as you said there needs to be that will there needs to be persistence so if something clicks immediately great but then you have to like pick up from that and keep going forward 
Yeah. I think there's also that like hidden because I feel like some people just aren't in like the right environment like yeah, to discover their natural talent. So like I know we had a question before on another episode and I think we sort of talked about it last episode um about like human potential. Like mm-hmm. I don't think you I don't think you all realize that at the same time because especially like as a high schooler you're forced to think about like what are you good at before going into college or mm-hmm. even in college like what are you good at going into a job. But I think that's something you you can't force. You like, can't force I to mean, think about it. You just have to discover You could it probably go your whole life without figuring out your Oh, yeah, for talent. sure. And that's just because circumstance doesn't allow for it. And it's, like, unfortunate. So mm-hmm. that's just... I guess that's... Yeah, that's why, like, mm-hmm. again, not everyone can be, yeah. quote-unquote, a genius. A genius. So. I'm in no way calling yes. myself a genius, but um, I was... <laughs> <laughs> wait, hold up. <laughs> yeah. I was fortunate to discover that, like... I kind of have an affinity for writing, like writing, reading, English type stuff. I pick up very, 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 very quickly. So anything in terms of like languages, writing, you know, anything mm-hmm. with words, I, I tend to pick that up very quickly. But yeah. um, I never consistently spent time on that. I think that's why you, you said like, not everyone can be a genius because there has to be that like discipline and like drive and like just mm-hmm. persistence. So while I do write a lot, like I write songs, I write stories, I, I'm pretty good at my English classes in school, I don't make it my life. Like, I haven't devoted myself to it. And because of that, yeah. I can't be considered a genius in it. At least yet. I don't mm-hmm. know. Who knows? Maybe down the line. <laughs> Hopefully. But, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay. Uh, can dreams be associated with the unforeseen future? Hmm. What do I say to that? <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. I think from a scientific perspective, no, right? Because your dreams are... A, the, do you mean like dreams? Like dream dreams? Like sleeping dreams? It just said dreams in the dreams? question. Okay, so. I'm going to go with sleeping dreams because that makes sense yeah. just given the context. Um, mm-hmm. Scientifically, it's like a combination of everything you've ever seen. Like all the faces in your dreams are people you've come across at one point. Because your brain can't conceive something that it hasn't already perceived. Right. Right? So in that sense, no, I don't think so. But at the same time, I... I don't know. I don't know that I believe dreams are like omens necessarily, but I do think they can kind of be a reflection of your anxieties of the future. Like I mentioned in my guest episode with the manifestation one, that um, for me, I had this dream that, well, I don't know if I edited it out. Well, okay, either way, I had this dream <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I, I, I had like this recurring dream that I just like kept dying in multiple dreams um, in like late may or something and i would wake up every time and it's not like i was scared that i was dying i just wake up and i'm like why did i die in that dream and then i go to sleep again the next night and i die again i'm just like what is going on (laughs) like that's kind (laughs) of scary um and i googled it i don't know that i believe in dream interpretation necessarily but they mentioned that generally you have dreams about death when you're about to go through like a major life change and for me like that's college right now right like i'm transitioning out of high school to college, I'm moving to a whole new city, like, adulthood's another thing, Jesus, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> did I tell you? I got bitten by a dog, and so I had to take my, I, yeah, I had to deal with doctor stuff, oh. and then this happened three days after I turned 18. 
God what kind like, of signal adult is responsibilities. this? And I was like, no, stop. <laughs> stop. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, like, I think, I don't know that they can necessarily predict the future, but I think they are reflective of, like, what you're aware is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it's most of the time, like, I forget what I, what I dream about. Mm-hmm. Like, but sometimes, you know, they're like, I don't know, my dreams are very normal, like, I just communicate with people and, um, and whatnot, but I don't, I don't really think they're as indicative of the future, because I don't remember them. But I know mm-hmm. that the things I dream about are always reflective of, like, what I want. And I've started to realize that a lot of the things that I want are very, are very normal things. Like, you know, maybe meeting up with somebody or talking to someone I've never talked to, mm-hmm. um, having the courage to do that. So I guess that kind of disproves, like, the whole premise of the question, in my case. And I guess um, in terms of manifestation, I, I've never encountered that directly yet. So I'm trying to mm-hmm. manifest that into the air. Yes, ma'am. Manifest something. Let's do yes, it. Yes, what yes, what yes, do you yes. want to manifest? That's my bonus <laughs> question for today. Um, <clears throat> dang. I guess, like... <laughs> I don't know. I kind of went the relationship route, and I was like, "Huh, you know, maybe, maybe someone would be nice." Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Open to probably. <laughs> but yeah, you know, looks like we're getting towards the end of yes, ma'am. Our wonderful, wonderful segment. So, you know, as we conclude, everyone, thank you for listening. What started in quarantine yes. has now come to a non-temporary end. Again, please visit allocation.com if you want to check out these insane questions. Because every time we start the segment, we're like, oh my god, this is crazy. And they are crazy. <laughs> they are crazy. They are crazy. Interestingly yes. enough, for our 10th episode special, we will be doing a part two Yay! of our song review series yes. with a very special have... song at the end. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So we hope that you guys continue to join us every Tuesday for more advice and overall shenanigans. Until then, this is the Armbridge Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.